We are back for another week of the Mary and Martha podcast. My name is Christina. And I'm Keisha. And we are so happy to come together with you again to concentrate, commune, contemplate, and celebrate how God's word guides us on how to live empowered and purpose-filled lives. That's right. (laughs) You yell it. (laughs) Welcome to the Blackest Christianist Corner on the Internet, the Mary and Martha podcast. Jesus' actions and interactions reflected that women and women. Women. Not men's, but women's. Not men's. Yeah, she women. Not, she don't know the Bible. That's are dignified, worthy, and qualified. Well, we're talking about women. Okay. Are dignified, worthy, and qualified to walk in the glory that he placed before us. And because he saw that in all of us, we see that in all of you. Welcome. Um, sorry, everybody. From here on out, I'm going to be breathless for <coughs> every podcast. Oh, my gosh. gosh. So, you know. Thank you. Anyway, That's my part. we're That's here every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hang out with us some more, come join us on our Instagram at Mary Martha Podcast. Email us at Mary Martha Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, come and find us on the internet at <laughs> Also, remember if you are listening to us via iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, remember to like and subscribe. We love seeing you guys' comments. Every time we get a comment, we like text each other, like, oh my gosh, did you see we have a new one today? Like, we get so excited. Christina is so pressed, makes, y'all. She's y'all, so pressed. Hearing from the tribe in my text makes me so excited. Let me just say that. So, we love y'all. Thank y'all so much. So, Keisha, what do we got for church announcements? Well, gather around. Saints for the church announcements for the week for the month of November. We will be reading the book Queen of Come. And let me just apologize to Tamara because it's my bad. I've been shortening the name of your book. It's Queendom Come Knowing When to Adjust Your Crown. Mm. And we have been bringing y'all these Queendom Come quotes, uh, these Queendom quotes from the different chapters of the book because we want to get you all excited. We see that you're buying your books, you're texting us, you're posting on Mm -hmm. IG, letting us know. So let me bring you my Queendom quote for the week. This reminds me of last week's podcast. It is, if we are called to be the Jesus unbelievers can't see. We must ask ourselves, when others see me, do they see Christ or do they see me? Mm. And if they see Christ, how do I make him look? Mm. Christians are extensions of Christ. So we know that last week we talked about know me, right? And that a godly woman (laughs) is known by her faith. So when people think of you, what do they see? When when you're out here acting the fool, talking about you a Christian. How you making Christ look? Mm, how you make Christ look this week with your Mary Martha hell, moment? Oh, I made him look good with my Mary Martha moment um, because I didn't cuss nobody out this week. Oh my gosh, is that your moment? Yeah, that's my <laughs> moment. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta just keep Y'all it basic. Pray for me, please. Sometimes Y'all you gotta keep it basic. The Lord kept my temper under control, oh, and that week. is why I was married this week. <sighs> Amen. Amen. Okay, so my <laughs> she hates on me. Y'all, it's fine. <laughs> crazy my queendom quote is the inevitable testimonies to come from your persistence and perseverance will glorify god and empower women and girls around the world like never before that really spoke to me because everything that you go through everything that you are come out the fire for 
um, the testimony that you have is going to glorify God and just really affect people around you. And I just love that quote. I think it means so much to me. Um, I would say my Mary and Martha moment for the week was running into my girl, Keish, while we were in New Orleans. <laughs> Nola, baby. Shout out to all our listeners in New Orleans. We do have listeners in, in New Orleans. Oh, we do? Yes, we do. So shout out to everybody in the Know Your Clap. Uh, you better know you thank you for anybody who might have seen me on the street <laughs> and didn't make fun of me for huffing and puffing yeah y'all she was, she was like y'all. acting like she was gonna pass out it's like, i was Lord. the in restaurant the we went to had no elevator so i had to walk up all those steps but you made it i did, did you die? and i didn't i didn't fall back praise god christina you would have fell back on me <laughs> christina was like let me walk behind you in case you fall off thank you That's so a much good friend that That's is a, a good, good friend because i definitely crush you <laughs> facts <laughs> I'm like three times your size right now. It's all good. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Hey guys, so wow, we got through that real fast. We on the we did right? because <laughs> you on this speedy train. So slow it down, conductor. To those of you who are new and joining us, we normally do not go through the go through our intro that fast. But you know what? We're trying something Christina new. Christina threatened the me off. <laughs> she wouldn't let me talk, so I'm behaving. So we are on our group chat that fast. So what I want to talk about today is the book of Ruth is a book that has really been speaking to me lately. You guys know I kind of get into a book and I can't get out of it. And right now, that's how I feel about Ruth. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you've had a friend who is really, really going through something where they have just lost a parent or lost a sibling or a family member, a grandparent, and they, you know, call you and they just can't stop crying. Um, or they co- you come to their house and they can't stop crying and heaving and just being, you know, devastated at their loss. Or have you ever had someone call you because they've lost a dream, like a dream has died and there's no way to resurrect it? Or maybe, you know, they lost a child or they lost something that they really, really, really wanted to happen in their lives. We all have had moments in our lives where we've had somebody near us who was grieving. And it's really hard sometimes to find the words to say, know what to say, know when to be quiet. That um, point is really, really hard to do. So when I'm when I was looking at the book of Ruth, um, I was looking at the fact that we have two women in chapter one, actually three women in chapter one who have just gone through a tremendous loss. So I'm going to read chapter one. Specifically, I'm going to read um, 15 through 22. Actually, 14 to 22. And again, they wept together. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth insisted on staying with Naomi. See, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. I will go wherever you go and live wherever you live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. I will die where you die and be buried there. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. So when Naomi saw that Ruth had made up her mind to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was stirred by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The woman said. 
Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Instead, call me Mar, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why should you call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy? So we pick up in this story. We talked a couple weeks ago about Orpha's um, part in it and how Orpha wanted that old thing back, that old comfortable life that she had in Moab. Mm -hmm. But let's kind of switch and talk about Naomi's grief. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Naomi was married to a man named Elimelech. Elimelech and Naomi had two sons named Melon and Kilion. They took their sons from Bethlehem to Moab, where they weren't really supposed to be, but we'll talk about that a little later. Um, they took their sons to Moab and they married. Um, actually, Elimelech died first. Then their sons married two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpha, who they weren't supposed to marry. If we look at back in Deuteronomy, but... Um, they married these two Moabite women and then they both died, both Malon and Kilion. So that left Naomi, Orpha and Ruth. Naomi decided I'm going back to my familial home in Bethlehem because the, f the famine has gone away. Um, first, she was going to take her two daughter-in-laws and she changed her mind. Like, never mind, y'all go back home. Orpha left, Ruth stayed. So. What I want to talk about today that, that picks us right back up in in verse 15. Naomi was a woman who was rightfully grieving like she had just lost her husband, both her sons, and she was going back home in failure as a woman. Because back in those days, you were defined by marriage. You were also protected and provided for by marriage. So she went home. She she left Bethlehem and went to Moab really full with these two sons and his husband and then came back just in a state of despair. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we don't look at when we look at the story of Naomi and this particular passage, we don't realize that Ruth was grieving, too. Ruth right. had also lost a husband. Mm -hmm. um, Ruth had also lost a brother-in-law, lost a father-in-law. She had also lost the protections of that familial structure. It wasn't just Naomi. Ruth lost her covering and protection, too. And she was left with two women who she was related to by a bond that had now been broken through death. But Ruth knew that she had to be strong for Naomi. So Ruth could have gone back like her sister-in-law. I mean, Ruth was actually still young. She was bae. She was she was a little hot thing. Like they tell you that later on in the book of Ruth that Boaz was like, mm, mm hmm, who is that cutie? Oh, that's Ruth. Okay. She and she still had her whole life ahead of her, which is why Naomi said, go back home, find other husbands in Moab because I can't give you kids. I, you're not gonna be able to have a uh, producing line through me. And but even though she was young and had her whole, whole life ahead of her, she chose to stay with a woman who was super miserable. That was a choice. Mm -hmm. We often give up on people when they wallow in grief because it's exhausting. I mean, to be honest with you, having somebody next to you who is grieving is exhausting for not only the person grieving, but it's exhausting for the person that they are with. It's, I feel like that's a secret thing that people don't want to say, but it's the truth. I mean, like it's a drain on everybody if you're being me. honest. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, but choosing to go through that drain with someone can be really powerful, powerful for the person who is grieving and powerful for the friend, the person who's yep. there with that person. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to love people when they're happy. It's easy to love people when they're nice to us. 
Because people who are in a great mood often rub us on us, rub off on us. And it's the exact opposite for people who are in a bad situation. So think about, I want everybody to sit and think about the last time when you had a friend who was in a bad situation and lost something or somebody. Nope, not thinking about it. You're supposed to be thinking about it. I already talked to you about this. Okay, you're not the listener. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, put that person in your mind, Mm -hmm. and did you stay with them? Or did you support them? Or did you support them? So, now, if this person is someone that you were in a romantic relationship, you probably gave it a little more effort because we tend to value, some of us, not Keisha, tend to value (laughs) romantic relationships. (laughs) You knew what I was about to be like. Except. <laughs> right. And and I feel like, you know, sometimes we we come harder on our girlfriends, on our friends than we do someone we're in a romantic relationship I've with. Seen it. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes if you are with someone who you're in a romantic relationship, with, you give them a little bit more grace. But do we have that same effort with our friends or God forbid our mother in laws? Let me tell you something. The story of Ruth and Naomi has really affected me because. Me and my mother-in-law do not get along. And I can say that on this podcast because I am committing to a better relationship just by reading this passage about how Ruth really stayed with her mother-in-law, even though her mother-in-law was like really in a bad spot. So like Mm -hmm. I am, if she's listening, my Jack, you about to be my Naomi girl. So like this isn't something that I am you know going through in a in a vacuum or something i can't relate to having somebody that you're just like okay i could be like never mind i'm not dealing with this but you really have to dig in when people are in a bad spot i think i think one of the things that i really love about this that is kind of underlying it is that naomi is ruth's chosen family Mm -hmm. which is why i think it's so relatable because there are some of us who um like certain friends become like family and it's mm-hmm. like if they're going through something, we are going through something absolutely together. Like you can't leave them because this person has made has put themselves in such a special place in your heart that you want to be supportive to them. Mm-hmm. And it and it's it's so important for us to really um, sit in that connection that you're having when somebody is mm-hmm. grieving because. One of the things that Brene Brown talks about this. You know, I love, I love Brene. Brene. You know, I love oh. Brene. <laughs> Brene is my girl. Brene talks about this. She was talking about um, building trust in relationships mm-hmm. and how trusts are built in small actions. And when they did their research, mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. the top things about trust building was when somebody is there for me when somebody dies. Yeah. Because you always remember who comes to the yes, funeral, who yep. shows up to shows up with you when you're in your lowest point and your eyes are blotchy and swollen and your cheeks are red and you're gasping for air because you cannot possibly get another tear out. Those are the people that you really place a strong connection with. So. Um, This is called three ways to love a grieving person for a reason. These are not the three only ways. These are just three ways, period, because I can't list 87 because we are only here for 20 minutes. So um, the first way that I want you to think about is one, pray for God's living presence to permeate your relationship. So going back to the scripture and Ruth and Ruth 1, uh, 16 through 18, One of the things that Ruth says is, I'm going to go wherever you, paraphrasing, I'm going to go wherever wherever you go. Your people are my people. My God are your God. Um, My God will be, 
I'm sorry, your God will be my God. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Ruth had made up her mind and she basically kind of used God on Naomi. Like, Mm -hmm. look, I didn't know your God at first, but I know him now. I will be with you till the end. Um, I'm going to be with you when you die. She used God's presence to really come into and help solidify um, her relationship with Naomi. And in times of broken faith, we should embody God's love to fill the empty spaces. Because when something is broken, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it needs something to help put it back together. Mm-hmm. And God works miracles through people. We are the God with skin on that God uses to make things happen. Yeah. So we have to remember our place and we have to remember that we are charged with being the glue to help put people's faiths back together. Mm-hmm. So one, pray for God's living presence to permeate your relationship. Two, be present when they vent. Naomi, I mean, Ruth can I was, just edit that to just be present? Be present because That's sometimes they don't vent, sometimes they cry, sometimes they don't mm. cry, sometimes they're just silent, mm-hmm. and it's just sometimes you just sit there with them in in that discomfort, in whatever discomfort. it is. Yeah, that's good. So be be present. One of the things that Ruth did was in verse 20, when Naomi was telling the woman around, don't call me Naomi. My new name is Mara because I'm bitter. Like, <laughs> she kept it real. Ruth, she she did. She was like, look, it's not the time. Ruth. <laughs> don't refer to me as Ruth was there. Um, and a lot of times we want to fix things. We want to, you know, tell them everything will be all right. Time's heal- time heals all wounds. Duh. Like we know that stuff. But s- sometimes the platitudes and the cliches don't really work out. We just need to be there. And number three, remind them that you still love them and you will be there. A lot of times we don't know what, what the right words to say are. And sometimes just you being there and just telling them that you love them and I'm here is extremely important. So those are my three things. If you are a broken faith person, so if you're in a situation where your faith has been broken, you're grieving about something, no matter what it is, um, one of the really great things that Naomi and Ruth did, and going back to Ruth 1, 20 to 21, um, Naomi blamed God for what happened. Naomi loved God, but she was still angry with God. And Ruth saw that. Ruth came to know God through this broken woman, Naomi. Naomi allowed Ruth to see her upset. Naomi allowed Ruth to see her upset. That's important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Ruth Mm -hmm. saw Naomi when she was happy with God as well. And do we let people peek inside the curtain of our relationship with God? When is the last time you shared with a close friend how you felt about God, good times or bad times? And really, a lot of times we talk about God when we're happy, but like we really need to expose our faith to people, even when we're pissed at God, because there are definitely times when we're pissed at God. One of the great things that I got from a devotional Bible I was reading, uh, the question was, how often do you feel that your thoughts and questions about God should be left out of a close relationship? And we really should bring people into uh, when it when it's safe and when it's appropriate, but bring people into our feelings about God, because it's important for people to see that that Christians aren't all God is wonderful. God is great. I think it strengthens someone else's faith when they see a point in time where, you know what, 
I'm questioning how God is working in my life. And I may have to go through an event where I'm like, God, this is not fair. God, I don't trust you right now. But eventually I get back to, okay, God, you know what? You got this. You know more than me. But I think it's important for people not to see the holier than thou. I'm perfect Christians all the time. Agreed. Because I I also think that's unrealistic Mm because then you're suffering alone. And right. I, I think God calls us to be in community with other believers mm-hmm. who can strengthen us when we are weak. And mm-hmm. so if we isolate ourselves, we're given the enemy an opportunity to work on our mind and defeat us before we even get a chance to um, live through the pain that we're going through. Absolutely. So I would agree with that for sure. The devil works in isolation. He does. So I'm going to wrap this up with, I'm going to say my main story point one more time in times of broken faith we should embody god's love to fill the empty spaces and come to our relationships the same way that ruth came to naomi and really sat with somebody who was grieving really was able to be the glue to help hold her together and just somebody who was going to be there for her no matter what was going on around them Amen. All Amen. Right. Well, let's take it into the power prayer for the week. Um, to those of you who are grieving right now, um, we're praying for you because mm-hmm. that may have been like a hard episode to kind of listen to if you're in the midst of it. So we're praying for you as well. And we're praying for your healing. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to see you beyond our hurt and pain. Thank you, God that even when times get dark and troublesome that you remind us that we're not alone Mm -hmm. god it's so hard out here to sometimes deal with the painful realities of life um death loss disappointment fear greed all of the things that drive us into isolation and that divide people from another and so god we just thank you for your healing power that you heal us through your word, through your love, and through your people. And we thank you that you've given us the opportunity that allows us to have a relationship with you such that even when we go through these painful moments, that we know that if we go through them, on the other side of them is healing that surpasses our understanding, is peace that surpasses our understanding, is community and love and support that surpasses our understanding. So for those who are grieving right now, God, I ask that you would cover them. I ask that you would hold their heart in your hand, God. I ask that you would wrap them as they cry to you, God. I ask that you would be the presence that they need to get them through every minute, every hour, and every day. And God, I ask that you would help to remind them that there are people who love them and who are willing to carry the burden right alongside them. Mm-hmm. Keep us strong for one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Mary and Martha podcast. Remember, we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. So like the woman in Mark 14, 8. Do, do what, you, what can. you can. Do what you can, sis. See you next week. Bye.